Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I am your co-host, Ryan Houlihan. And I'm Kimberly Ann Southwick. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And today we are here to recap Angel Season 2 because we finally finished. Woo! Yay! So I've been getting mixed dms about our coverage some people like loved the end of the season some people some people i didn't realize the pilea arc is like pretty beloved yeah yeah it is <laughs> and, yeah i had so many people being like do any of your co-hosts like that arc i'm like ah, I, I do <laughs> i do bitch i was here <laughs> i was on for like the when they got there yeah yeah and it's just <sighs> It's a weird way to end the season, but I do I don't not enjoy it. That's fair, yeah. It's a good break in tone, and I think it it's it's what the show needed to like like this season really pivoted to some of the comedy being there, but also the darkness got darker. And I think it was a good way to be like, don't worry, it won't always keep getting darker. That was a lie. The lie detector <laughs> determined that that was a lie, but it felt like a good breather even though it's not a perfect episode if that makes sense kind of like restless at the end of four on buffy it's like a palate cleanser in a way but Mm -hmm. i don't think it's a perfect episode i wouldn't say to people like put this one up for an emmy you know what i mean yeah and like i love i i guess we're talking about this arc but i love the cordelia reveal like i love that reveal Mm -hmm. and i feel like cordelia deserves that reveal but then I, i wish we had done just a little bit i don't know it it all feels so low budget, Hercules and Xena. Um, yeah. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like Kim, you loved Xena when we were kids. <laughs> sure, yeah, I did. But right, doesn't it look like they could have just been like, "Ah, eh, what's the leftover set from Xena? Yeah. We'll use that." <laughs> oh yeah, totally. It looks like they called up Fox and they were like, "Do you know an empty field with like <laughs> huts?" <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, cool." <laughs> like, cool. We're not doing anything to update it. We're just going to leave it as is, and we will move forward. Um, I did. I Kim, I mentioned this to you. I love that. Like me, and I think maybe like Zach and I can't remember if you were there. If you said that too, Ryan, but we're kind of like, uh, like it's a little like Cordy, like. The commercial is like, ooh, it's sexist. Look what she have, has to wear. And then she goes to Pylea and is like also wearing something wildly sexy. But like, yeah. Kim, you and, and Summer, you and Summer both were like, oh, but she looks great. <laughs> right? I like that she acknowledges like when she's with Gru. Like, I'm sure y'all talked about this in the episode. But like, you know, she's like, oh, and I had to wear this terrible skin. Not, not as bad as this or something. She like acknowledges it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like I don't know. I don't know if it makes it better or worse. It's kind of like uh charmed where you're like, yeah, I'm glad that Holly Marie Combs picked these outfits out and Alyssa Milano looks hot every week and like everyone here <laughs> seems to be having a good time. It's just we only ever see super hot women like right. transform into less clothes. So, <laughs> I'm not saying don't do it. It's just like when you zoom out, maybe it looks bad. But Cordelia doesn't do that in the rest of the show it's not always right. getting her skimpy so i think it kind of works fine i think you just have to be <laughs> conscious fine. of like the 2000s of it all <laughs> that's a that's, good way to put it. yeah that's very fair right <laughs> but i i i yeah i don't hate it i just i don't know there's this it's the tone is also a little weird where it's like because yeah. it's like jokey but then it's like not and it's like rough slavery shit and they're like well these people are gonna die oh, i know we gotta go in a battle and, and i'm like they call in gun to explain reconstruction yes 
they chop off Lauren's head and they tell Cordelia, you're probably going to have to be sexually assaulted to escape this like trafficking situation. And it's like, we're making a lot of jokes. Yeah. Like we're sure being jokey about all this. Which to say, I don't want, I don't want anyone to think I hate Pylea. I really like Pylea. I wish we got a Pylea spinoff. I would read a Pylea graphic (laughs) novel. I'm having a good time. I'm just saying, I get it. I get where you're like pulling back. These aren't perfect episodes. They're just really, really fun ones. Yeah. Yeah. And like, sure. But also sometimes the jokes and or the serious things land badly in a that 70s show way, which is (laughs) not good. Not good. A couple clunkers. (laughs) So Kim, I am curious as our uh, poet and uh, professor. um, Well, I'm a professor too, I guess. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. I forget that. I forget that. Um, Kim, what do you- (laughs) <laughs> don't worry i'm the ditziest one here um kim i'm curious what you think of the like the mini arts the writing there like how would you grade because like i don't mind the mini arts but then i'm like okay but like this the pilea mini arc feels like the, the darla drew arc is so like serious but like good but then it ends like kind of like with a fart and then we get so many weird ups and downs i'm curious what like well, how would you grade all that writing? Or what would you give as like a way to fix it? I feel like, yeah, like season one, it's like they're trying to figure the show out and they want it to be a cop show. Right. And then they figure it out and they figure out it's not a cop show. And then in season two, they're like, well, we think this is going to be actually a lot like Buffy, but let's try all these other things. <laughs> um, not necessarily like too, too far away, but so – we get all these mini arcs. I feel like the the Darla and Drew stuff in the middle is like very Buffy, like very familiar to yeah. the audience of people who are probably watching Angel. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then the, again, like you said, like uh, the Zena and Hercules stuff at the end. That's like a perfect, a perfect <laughs> way to put it. Like they're they're just like trying something new. But the end of the season was not the place to do that. Yeah, it was just bad placement of like the mini arc. Though, so, like I get, and I get, like we need. Pilea to like introduce Fred and yeah. also it's like oh we're we're coming home after like something successful and like we're kind of in this jokey happy mood and the Willow being there like Oof. I don't know that's yeah. like a good tone shift but yeah I don't know I feel like that particularly the Pilea arc at the very end of the season was just a bad move the rest of them are fine I that's think fair. the main reason I think it's bad is placement wise because I do like the arc that's previously stated, don't come for me. I think maybe, <laughs> again, not to bring up Restless again, I don't know why that's on the top of my mind, but put another episode after they get back from Pylea yeah. and give a really showcase emotional episode so that your lead-in, which is Buffy dying, right. um, isn't undercut by, and now we're back to we- wacky zany nonsense, um, and then you're punched in the gut again. Like, why not show that Angel is a show like Buffy that can deliver the sim- same things um, and do like a fresh or subversion kind of take on the episode that we were all just watching on the WB? You know, like the Buffy Angel we were just watching. Why? Yeah. Or the Buffy episode we were just watching. Why not do that? And if you bump Pylea up too, I think you could also cut one of the episodes that we felt like were a little less necessary let's say this season ramon perhaps (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) or happy maybe that one's just like uh 
maybe maybe that one's just a radio like uh, <laughs> broadcast. We just hear that that happened and we move on to the next thing. Um, we don't. I don't know. That didn't need a whole episode. And and I so yeah, I get the like placement could have been bumped up thing a hundred percent, especially counter programmed with the Buffy episode. Yeah. Yeah, it's like wild to be like, oh, let's check in on Buffy. Oh, <laughs> oh. I can't imagine watching it like that because I, I didn't. I watched all of Buffy and then I watched all of Angel. So, yeah. yeah, our favorite character was a smoldering corpse. And then we went back to like, I'm a cow. And it was like, <laughs> oh, no. But it's not funny, but it's funny, but it's not funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I like some of the arts. I think some of it works. I think, I think Jim, you're right. It's like. They realized they didn't want to be a cop show, but then they like were like, hmm, are we going to be exactly like Buffy? Are we gonna, let's try not to be Buffy. And then it's like, ah, and they end up circling back to like, yeah, we're going to be more. I do Why think like. Save the killing of Darla for when we get back from Pylea and then mirror that with the dying of Buffy. Like Darla has to be killed and that is right. super painful. Um, whereas Buffy didn't have to die. She like offered herself. And then in the end, like maybe he's really hung up over Darla and then Willow comes and explains like the kind of sacrifice Buffy made and, and he realizes like well maybe Darla ain't shit you know what I mean like maybe <laughs> she did have to go maybe that was like um and you know what Darla was willing to sacrifice herself it's vampire Darla like you can kind of get some parallels like you I feel like there's a story in there especially with some yeah. magic yeah all about this revisionist history yeah yeah, yeah. I think maybe it's the mini arcs d- should have blended a little more than they did yes. would have helped I think that's also a good point because you know I was thinking about um I've been doing like a background magic rewatch in prep for our coverage of the magicians and like i feel like the magicians yeah it would do a mini arc but they would like bleed into each other or build upon each other yeah and so it's like, like relentless torrential downpour of plot points yeah and like you know sometimes with the magicians it was like hmm, i don't really know where we are plot wise but i'm enjoying watching this and with angel it felt like every plot was a little too separated yeah like who is kate to anyone but angel on this show right Right. Is Kate still around? She no. she left she left this season. All right. I'm, I was not here for the, was it the zombie episode? I wasn't no, here no, no. when she the, leaves. It's a uh, reprise and epiphany, which I do think are a very good two episode arc, and I think would have worked really well if they were uh mm-hmm. the finale. Um I forget it's like we see her at a hearing and the it's the only episodes I yeah, ever she gets liked discharged. Yeah. Um okay. oh I remember that now, yeah. And then she like overdoses, but Angel like saves her. And then she, at the end of the episode, they have like a very good talk that is like really well written. And Kate's like being a normal person. And it's, I actually liked it, but it's their, you know, final scene together ever. And yeah, like that arc really works. That arc feels like it was building upon the other arcs we had already gotten. Like that felt more like, oh yeah, the the Darla and Drusilla arc where Angel fires everyone and he's on his own. And like, we're building, we're kind of like tying that all together. And then it feels like the season has no idea where to go after that. Uh, why Why didn't we make Kate and Virginia the same character? Why not have Virginia's dad be like a fucked up kind of like mafia mob guy or whatever. And she's famous and she gives that all up to be a cop and she fucks that up. And now everywhere they go, she's like treated as this shallow like media story as opposed to like the serious person she wants. To, I don't know. Like we could have blended these Wesley. Yes love interests with Kate and made a kind of love triangle with its angel Wesley unexpectedly and a third party and then have angel pass her off as their love interest, like pass be like, we are not right for each other. Then that leaves her open to join the gang. It leaves her with dynamics. It leaves her with stuff to do. Instead they fracture all of these people into separate people, I guess to audition actors and characters 
for full-time places. Yeah. And I think that was a, that was a mistake. Let's, I mean, let's have two horses in a race maybe. (laughs) And and that's fine. But like, they have to be full horses. You can't. Yeah. Well, and like I had read that in season three, um, God, what the hell, Ryan, do you remember her name? Uh, the woman that's like with Holtz. Oh, Justine, yeah, 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 Justine, yeah, Justine, Justine. She was supposed to be Kate. That's another like, one. Yeah, yeah, like they wanted, and that would I think that would have I forget about that character all the time, but I think it would have worked a little better if it was like someone we knew. But apparently, they just couldn't get her to come back. I mean, why would she want to come back? They've fucked right. over that character over and over again. Like that would have been good, but also would have been even better if they'd laid some real groundwork for a betrayal, right. as opposed to literally every week she's like, "I don't trust you." So yeah. a betrayal would not have been like a wow that happened. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah sure. She betrayed him. The, the thing part of the problem is that with Angel overall as a show, Wolfram and Hart is like the big bad, which we yeah. like, right? Like yeah. we like that there's like one many armed big bad. Yeah. And yeah. in this episode, in this season, Darla is sort of like the big bad of the season ish, even though she's not always bad and it's confusing and it's complicated or whatever. And then it's like they don't they didn't realize that. So once we get rid of Darla, since Wolfram and Hart like is like the big bad of the season A and also the show, they think it's fine that they jump into Pilea because Wolfram and Hart is like affiliated. We get that one moment where they got like the book in that one episode in the finale, I think, where it's yeah, like oh, Wolfram it. and Hart. Ooh, it's like, oh, it's connected, we promise, you know, like I don't know. Yeah, I I think you're right. This season's needed a big bad, and 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 lacking that, they needed to do subversions of a big bad thing, right? Like, so if you want to be the opposite of Buffy, don't make your main characters X turn evil in the second season and torment them emotionally, because we already did that on Buffy, and you're not going to have anything original to do. And so, if you want to make it like an overarching big bad, then maybe have like season long big bads get set up and then subverted, or like be red herrings, or like and it always unsurprisingly like or surprisingly like all season long we're trying to take somebody down and then at the end we find out that they're looped into Wolfram and Hart or whatever and we didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, and or- like Holland Manners in that one episode, um I forget which one it is, but the one he dies in is so good. Like so he's good. Like, such a good villain in that episode and that's the first time I think you really see how good of a villain he is and then he dies. Yeah. Yeah, and then he dies. Yeah. No, I think that's true. Like, it's weird because I, in my brain, he lasted longer than just this. But, like, I think they then replace him with, like, another older white guy. You're just getting and him it, mixed up with, doesn't he play a character on Lost? No, 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 he does. But, but no, might, I think. Maybe that's, me, maybe that's why he, like, lasts longer because you just recognize him. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. No, he comes back. Remember, he said he says, like, oh, I've signed a contract so that I'm. Right, but I don't think that character, I think we only see him come back when he, like, brings him to the elevator. Yeah. But I think then we don't see him again, I think. Yeah, oh, no, God. no, no, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, I think you're right, Kim. It's like, we we realize what a good villain he is. And a thing that, like, Buffy and Angel always does well is, like, reminding us that the human characters are human. So, like, we still see him fucking terrified when Darla and Drusilla are in his house because he knows they are here to kill me. And, like, while you don't feel bad for him, you're still, like... I feel like I appreciate that where it's like, he's not just like twisting his mustache. It's like, we're reminded that this like fucking like evil dipshit is also just human. So he can do nothing against these like two murderous vampires coming into his house, killing his family and all of him and his coworkers. Like, 
Yeah. And I I like that, right? I yeah. think the 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 really str- a really strong part of this season is the idea that like you don't have to lose your soul to become evil. Like yeah. there's an evil angel that exists just like there is an evil version of all people. That's the point. Yeah. Um if if not you would be like an angel literally and you're not. <laughs> so like you know, I think I I really like that aspect of the season and I think like the law firm is a great way to highlight that. But again, yeah. like if that's the emotional through line of the season, yeah, Pylea is weirdly placed because that's not the end. Yeah. That's not the note we end on. Yeah. And even like Lindsay's last episode is weirdly like a fart. It's kind of like a, I thought Epiphany was his last episode. In my memory, that's when he leaves. But no, he leaves like two episodes later in a nothing of an episode. I really believed at the time that he was about to join the gang. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they really set that up. They set that up so hard. And I knew that they were friends off screen. And I knew yeah. that this was like red. And him versus Lila, like having insider knowledge. And then eventually maybe bringing Lila over. And then they both decide to portray Angel. Like there's so much there. And I guess they decided not to go for it. But it's like. I don't, you can't keep pulling shots, but again, I don't know, you know, I really like his character and like, even though he's gone in that sense, like really in a lame way, it's kind of fun (laughs) to see him with Darla all season and watch him get played by her and her get played by him. Like that was a lot of fun. Yes. And I, I still will never like get over the fact that they wrote in Darla saying to him that he wanted to fuck Angel when when she says, I forget what he says. And she's like, I'm not the one you wish you were screwing. It's Angel. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> like, I like cannot believe that they, because it's like, yeah, that's like whether they wrote it to be the double like entendre of like, oh, screwing him over, like they fucking did. up his, but like, right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they, did. they know. Because those two, like the homoerotic chemistry they have is like, just fuck. Right. <laughs> I mean, David Boreanaz can vote for whoever he wants. I don't really know. That's none of my business. But he spends a lot of time close to Spike's lips. I'll say that. <laughs> he does. Him and Christian Kane have a way of looking at each other that let's I don't him and Buffy never did. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Um yeah, and like I I really like that they bump up Lindsay. I I do think towards the end of season one, they realized Lindsay and Lila worked. Yeah, I really it almost like like you said, Ryan, with like other char- like other random characters. It's like they were auditioning to see who works and it almost feels like they were like, "Ooh, those two actors that we had as like one off lawyers for an episode. They really worked. Uh, let's use them again. And I do think the show picks up immediately when Wolfram and Hart can have a face rather than just be like, well, it's a evil company. And like, like evil Willow and Xander, like like what if they were went down the corporate like right. career <laughs> decider <laughs> test role or whatever like uh, you know and i kind of like that energy especially because doyle and then doyle was kind of xander-esque but you know gone right. and wesley and, and cordelia aren't like that gun isn't like anyone in the buffy gang you know so I, yeah i i, I kind of like them as like freaking frack in a way like team rocket over there <laughs> yeah that really is like someone said that on instagram that they were like the buffy verse team rocket and i feel like that is so accurate <laughs> yeah Ugh, we could have got three more seasons out of that back and uh, forth it's okay it's okay it's okay it's okay yeah it's okay we i like where we go we have other directions to play in you know we could have yes. got whole uh, in my opinion we could have got whole seasons with kendra and we didn't but that's okay it's still a perfect <laughs> show yeah um and the like so the things that I keep reading, which I've said a couple times back and forth, is like 
they needed to get the angel investigations group not able to help Buffy for what was going on. But also I've read that like they could not get Christian Kane and Julie Benz because also Darla leaves with like, what were these actors doing? I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> fucking, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get it at the time. Film was more prestigious than TV and you <laughs> wanted to say yes to any film project and tell me the films they were in. And I don't mean to be a bitch, but like, you're, you're still making money on these episodes. I And I get at the time. But no, at the time, Buffy <laughs> was the biggest thing in the world. Like, I, I what hardball overpay? Why? <laughs> why would you do that? I, I don't know. I'm a union organizer. And I'm just saying, why would you turn down extra episodes on an ad network show with a 22? I, it's the benefit of time, I guess. They were up for sitcoms at Fox and they didn't want to say no to those. I, guess. I don't know. I don't I know. Think- I think to be fair, what Julie fu- Benz eight <laughs> had other things to do. Not for a decade, she did not have other things to do. So I, the Elizabeth Rom became full time on Law and Order. So I'm sure that like probably paid better than Angel. That I get, but I think Julie Ben started on Dexter. I think, and Christian Kane, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I never understand that. But I feel like that was way more common back then for people to like snub their nose at the genre that they started in. Yeah. Everyone does. Everyone wanted to be like a dynamic star. Like you couldn't be the biggest pop star in the world. You had to be in crossroads too. Like you had (laughs) to. And, and to me, that was a massive miscalculation on the part of Hollywood and actors and stuff. But it's also just like, I would never have behaved that way. I would, (laughs) I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't, even without the benefit of time, I just can't imagine I just can't imagine being like, no, I don't want dedicated, obsessive fans. I I get that maybe they're annoying, but like. (laughs) Why? But I feel like even back then, I remember like, I mean, not that he's a nice person, but like William Shatner being very like, oh, Star Trek fans are annoying. And it's like. Totally. I mean, I get it, but you're also like biting the hand that feeds. I don't know. I mean, Mariah Carey was like, if you listen to those first albums, you were listening to like exploitation music on behalf of my horrible old ex-husband like you have to listen to this new stuff or you're not a real fan like everyone (laughs) was doing that stuff it's just so stupid to me like don't do that sarah michelle gellar never said anything bad about buffy she took on other jobs and i guess maybe that's why she could do that but like allison hannigan you can tell is over buffy but (laughs) she has never been like fuck that show or like or like i'm gonna turn down like never in the in in the run of the show like she was trying to keep that shit together even when sarah left so like i think she had an appreciation for how rare and awesome and like lightning in a bottle like yeah i don't know i don't know to me it's like it's like finding out uh rupert grant was like i don't know if i want to do the rest of those harry potter movies (laughs) (laughs) you know i think the like modern day equivalent of this is like i don't i love that charles melton like very much you know, uh, God, what's the movie he's in, Ryan? Uh, May, December? Yeah, May, December. Yes, May, December. Um, which I've been meaning to watch before the end of the year so I can see if it's a favorite of the year. But, like, I love that in interviews he has been like, oh, you know, my time on Riverdale was like, that's how I learned, like, how to be, like, famous, how to act. Like, very, like, appreciative. Even though, yeah, of course, Riverdale's not, not even, like, Buffy level of, like, fun cult classic. It's, like, you know, pretty, like, camp um and <laughs> it's a it's a wacky archie variety hour where you yeah. never really know what show you're about to watch <laughs> yes um and you know like that easily could be something he's like yeah that show sucked but i appreciate that he's not doing that yeah and like inversely jacob Bellorty, who 
is so hot, but I don't love that he's like, oh, those kissing booth movies, they sucked. And it's like, dude, that was no. your first big job. Don't do that. No. Like, and like, oh, oh, whose fault was that then? You, right. You, yeah. Didn't you make it? <laughs> it's Robert Pattinson be like, Twilight sucks. Yeah, we know, bud. We know. Yeah, like, <laughs> no you don't have shit. to be the you don't have to be the messenger on that one. We got it. <laughs> She's a racist. We found out. We're good. <laughs> and like, yeah, I don't love that. And I feel like that was way more common back then, right? Like, whereas Sarah Michelle Geller to this day says, like, Buffy wasn't made by one person. It was a yeah. spectacular show. It's the greatest superhero anyone ever wrote. I have no other comment. Like, yeah, she's right. <laughs> she's right. And she should fucking say it. Cause yeah, yeah, I just, but right. I do feel like I remember so many of like the genre shows. I mean, like, I mean, even a more modern genre show that. The three of us love the magicians. The main character left for the final season. Like, I just never understand that, like, thinking of... I mean, sure, though, but he his character sucked, so... I mean... Uh, and, and you know I what? Love, I love Quentin and I hate Quentin, so, like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, you you want to prove the band can sing your parts? Go right ahead, Jerry Hallowell. <laughs> right, yes. Go right ahead. And <laughs> Tell me what you're up to in a year. <laughs> no, I, I love him. I get it. it. might be personal issues going on behind the show. I don't know what else he other offers he had on the table. And that's true of everybody. But he right. also never disrespected the show. Like, right. He yeah. left for one final season giving them notice and stuff like that. Like, I, I again, that's still kind of different. I don't know. I just think... Charisma Carpenter knew to say yes the next time she was asked to do like yeah. a fantasy show. Yeah. Arc. yeah. She was like, yeah, I'll do definitely do that. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, we don't have to dwell on it. I just, uh, to me, everyone should have been available. Tech avail. <laughs> unless you like reach, unless suddenly you're Britney Spears in 1999. Yeah, like, I feel then. like we can schedule it in. I'm not saying <laughs> you should be working two jobs and hustle culturing. I'm saying, can we shoot a horror movie in a week? Can we do that in a week? <laughs> Also, that they had to be away so that they couldn't help Buffy, whatever, that's like, that's a bad excuse. There could have been something so important going on in LA right. that they couldn't have gone and done that. Like, they could, there, there was another way besides like putting them on in other weird dimension. Like, that's just a, that's just lazy. Because, yeah. like, with, with these sci fi fantasy shows, because they're sci-fi fantasy, you can write whatever the fuck you want. Like, like with um, Doctor Who just came back, right? And I, I gave up on that show a while ago um, during Peter Capaldi's season, but I was so excited. They brought David Tennant and Catherine Tate back, and they were my favorite duo. Same. And, and yeah, and, like, it was a big deal. I mean, right, Ryan, Donna, the end of Donna's arc is, like, so upsetting. Um, Maybe the end of the show being good, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. Right. Um, but I, I love these episodes, and they explained away the issues of why she couldn't come back. In like fucking five seconds. And it's because it's a sci-fi fantasy show. You can do that. You could be like, well, we made this rule. So let's just write a little like clause and how to like navigate around it. Sure. And when you have so much lore and so much mechanics worked out and like a great magic system worked out, you can in two episodes set something off that feels like an enormous satisfying payoff by like yeah. taking some loose thread, recontextualizing it in another episode and then having boom, it, it factor into this character. Yeah. Like, so I, 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 to me, I also wonder like, and again, this is completely baseless. I have not read that book or whatever, but I think, uh, behind the scenes, Tim Minear comes in for two episodes. Jane Espenson comes in for two episodes. Like 
I yeah. one of the writers from next season only gets to write one episode. I I wonder how thin they were stretched trying to give Buffy mm. a spectacular send off season that could also lead into more show, and keep, yeah, in, reinvent Angel as a show at the same time and make Angel a good off road for people who might not be coming with you to UPN. Like it's a lot of shit in the air for what is essentially one and a half writing teams running between two lots doing 22 hours a year of prestige essentially network sci-fi fantasy like it's a lot i get that it's a lot but i also think like i don't know then i wouldn't have spent the money on pilea sets i would have spent the money on an additional writer to like run around that season and be story producer and maybe they did i don't know i don't know about the the behind the scenes but it just seems like it seemed this season is so good it's just unpolished yeah. In a way that like season three is not unpolished. Season yes. four is a separate story, but season five is incredibly polished. It's like yeah. polished to a crazy shine. And meanwhile, you've got Buffy firing on all cylinders in season five. It just, it does seem like maybe a little lopsided, but it gets away with it because season two is really good. And like what we, what is in there and the pieces that fall into place really do make this what it is. Like make Angel yeah. the show that it is. No, I, I fully agree with that. And like, Without the hotel. Right, yeah. The, Money well spent. You know, that's why I bought that fucking <laughs> set of it, because I was like, ooh, this is a cool set. I want to be able to photograph it, and it does make for a fucking cool photograph. Um, But, yeah, no, I and like I think the hotel is, like, a really good home base, too. Um, yeah. I almost feel like they always could have done more with the hotel, because it's so fucking big, and we would see the outside all the time. Yeah. And I loved, I loved when they would be like the like random episodes where it would be like, yeah, we're going up in a hallway to a room and like, mm, is there a ghost in there? Maybe like, <laughs> I mean, and also there is a whole opportunity for them to be like, well, we can't, we're not making any money right now in the investigations business. Maybe we just open the hotel for a little bit. <laughs> like True. That could have been fun. And you know, honestly, I'll also say this, you know how many spinoffs tried to put the characters in a hotel? If you look back at the history of sitcoms, I'm talking over a dozen different attempts to put side characters in a hotel spinoff for some reason psychologically. I do not know. Maybe it's the TV writers really want a situation where like guest stars can come in and out and old people can come in and out. But whatever. They've tried it so many times. The Golden Girls couldn't make it work. Angel didn't even try. And then in season two, they were like, fine, let's do this thing that kills every spinoff. And it works great. Good for them. (laughs) <laughs> that is true. Golden Palace does immediately come to mind. There's um, like a million. There's yeah. Tr- like I, if you go to Atomic Age Abe Productions, which if you love this podcast, you'll also love. It's a YouTube channel where they like document old sitcom attempts for spinoffs, which you will. It will. Bl- there are the Bionic Dog. They tried to do the Bionic Dog. Wait, really? As a spinoff of the Bionic Woman. <laughs> men will do. Men will put a show about a, a, a dog on TV before they will watch a show about a woman. But in any way, um, they. like they're always trying to shove these people into hotels and i wonder why it worked with angel and maybe it's because it's literally not a hotel it's just a room that used to be a hotel (laughs) it's just a space that like formerly the hyperion formerly known as hotel like yeah yeah yeah. so we have we have the setting right and then by the end of the season finale of season two we have all the characters so this is why like moving forward season three and other seasons in the future uh, are like super good. Yeah, and yeah. I, 
I think two, they started to lean into the ensemble of it all. And then three, they were like, this is an ensemble show. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel which like. Which was correct. Yes, which absolutely was correct. Because I mean, think of Buffy. Sure. Yes. Buffy is our main character. Sam Marshall Geller is our star. But especially by like season six, I would say Willow is a co-lead of the show, right? I mean, the literal theme of the show is you cannot be the only chosen one. Right. That's true. That's true. Yes. <laughs> and the theme of Angel is supposed to be you can't bear the the bulk of guilt right. of fixing humanity by yourself. It's literally a social job. It's like you the, the like individualist capitalist LA culture of like great men who will save the world literally doesn't work. You have to organize people, you have to do mutual aid, you have to make relationships, you have to, to you have to understand humans. And yeah. That's the theme of the show. And I, it, it, you know, it took us a little while to like cook there, but yeah, it really sets here. And, and frankly, you know, who seals the deal? Do you know who makes this entire show work? You know, who sets the fucking tone and establishes why this is a show that is separate from Buffy is fucking Andy Hallett, who deserved Ooh. to star in multiple movie musicals before his very untimely death. Yeah. And it is a, is a star from the second he walks on screen yes. and, pulls the whole thing together and even just his makeup his look the way he holds himself yes, is more yes. adult more serious it means the show took like making this character who is going to be really difficult to get into hair and makeup every day um <laughs> seriously it's like a main character and it, it I, I don't know like it, lauren is not a character who would gel with the buffy reverse gang they would be like he's a little annoying and a little faggy <laughs> but in the real world in la you have to like get to know those people yeah. I just love Lauren so much. I was like waiting for for Ryan to like reveal like who the character yeah. was gonna be. And I was like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. Not <laughs> Lauren yet, and also correct. <laughs> yes. I Lauren is such a good fully formed, Im- immediately fully formed character. Um yeah. that I feel like the like Buffy verse is oddly good at pulling off, right? Like Sometimes it kind of like, you know, on Anya, they weren't fully sure what they were going to do with her, but they, I think they landed pretty quickly with how they would progress with her. Um, and I just feel like the Buffyverse is very good at doing like, hey, here's a new character and we know 100% what this character is going to be like already. Um, I think the acting, like the actors that they chose yeah. have a lot to do with that. Yes. No, uh, 100%. And that's like, like Ryan said, how Sam Richard Geller always says the shows were like, a combined effort of everyone. And that's why I do feel like that's true because I say this all the time, the, the dialogue that is written for these characters would not always work if we had not so great actors. Right. I remember Kim, I don't know if you remember this when we did a uh, room with a view when Cordy gets her apartment, that's the only angel episode so far we've done a scene reading for. We did a lot for Buffy and I had summer read Cordelia's bit. And she was like, Ooh, these lines. She was like, she delivers these. Like, I feel like I could sit with these for a day. Um, and I feel like that's true, right? Like the, it's the fact that the actors know, they know they like get the vibe of the dialogue. They get the vibe of the shows and they know their characters really yeah. well. Kate did not know her character. And also, like, put themselves into their character. I'm thinking of your Spike interview, which I always think of. But I, I think a lot of the <laughs> actors put a lot of themselves into the character. And that, like, really helps flesh the character out, like, immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christ, I think of, I just referenced this the other day, how, like, when I had Chris, well, like, I think, I can't remember if it was the Instagram Live or when she came on the podcast podcast. But I remember Chris Carpenter saying, there isn't much of a difference between me and Cordelia. Um and I fucking love that. Like, and so I think you're right, Kim. It's like they they seem to really love the characters they played. 
I, I, and you know, I wonder, you know, who had the hardest job of that? And I have to think it's Jay August Richards. I think yeah. like if we're being really honest and I'll say this as a white person who may be speaking out of turn, that was a really white show behind the scenes and yeah. they did not really understand that character. They did not have something original to say with that character and I don't think they understood how to write dialogue for a black person. I'm going to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And I don't think Buffy helped in that regard. I don't think the Buffy team had much to add. And I don't think Joss Whedon's way of writing was going to naturally flow in. And yeah, he still makes it work. And I still like Gunn. And later, I think we get more of who like J. August Richards is as a person in the Gunn character. And they do some stuff to pivot. Um, but he made it work. And like... Even that character, who I think, like, was the least fleshed out, is a fully formed person. And I, you know, I, a lot of the side characters that we audition as, like, maybe could join the group are, on this show in particular, are not. I don't think, like, Virginia is a fully formed person. I didn't think yeah. Kate, even though she's a technically a main character, was a fully formed person. So I have to say, like, hats off. Also, like, Fred given nothing to work with as a character from the beginning like just a sad sack panic attack coping mechanism <laughs> ball and yet by the end of it i know exactly who that girl is and i root for yeah. her and whatever reveals or subversions about her character come along the way it's like with tara i got it she's awesome we we get it we get the actor's viewpoint on it like it's great and and i don't know this season has amazing stuff in it like that like, Kim, you're right. Like, the pieces of the cast that fall into place, the setting, like, each piece is introduced in a way that you like it, and then it also fits in great and enhances the next thing. So this epi this season kind of is, like, falling downhill. Until Pylea, it's kind of like falling downhill where everything is kind of building to a better and better show. You know, you, like, race through it. Whereas season three, I feel like, you know, we'll get there, but that's a little more, like, let it marinate. Like, taste every flavor. Like, yeah. spend some time in each darkness. Whereas this one, you're like, what they added a hotel? I love a hotel. You know. <laughs> Going back to what you were just saying about gun for a second, because I I think I don't think you're speaking out of turn. I think like you know, J. August Richards has said like similar things yeah. uh, about oh, okay. like, the character, etc. If I remember correctly, from when Ian interviewed him, but also do and I forget like the if this particular fact about the upcoming seasons, he refers a lot in these first. Like, I guess he's part of the crew now, but even before he was part of the crew, he refers a lot to like his people or like yeah. his like other crew. Does that continue throughout the show? Because I feel like one of the things in season two about his character that keeps us feeling like we don't fully know him is like, I mean, Wes and Cordy have nothing else to do. <laughs> right. I job. know. Or like, <laughs> you know, Gunn like has his people and like is pulling in, pulling two jobs, really. I mean, I mean, we get some conflict with that in the the episode where uh, is it the Drusalog that Angel kills? Am I getting no? That Drusalog no. that's the name of the that's the name of the prince guy. Yeah. Anyway, whatever that beast from Bylea that Angel kills, we get a little bit of his him like being torn in that episode. But I yeah, yeah. Like he, I don't remember so much if in the later episodes he's as torn. Maybe that kind of allows him to just become like a more fully fleshed character as like part of the gang but then also is like kind of whitewashing his character at the same time i don't know i i mean and they the fact that they feel the need to be like well this is why guns in the group 
when yeah. Gunn is the only person of color and they don't really do that in such a heavy handed way for every character or most. Right. And I, I get we saw Wesley and Cordelia in other shows, but even on those shows, they didn't get that. They were brought in as a person that we got to know through their interactions and being a fully formed character in a day to day life like you would any other job. And then down the line, you get a very special episode or a very special arc. But with Gunn, they felt the need to be like, this is why Gunn would even be with these people, which comes off as racist on its face. Right. And I also think like the storyline is like, I mean, it's 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 clunky L.A. 90s super predator style. Like this is what black people are up to in their separate society under the ground or like it yeah. was very and and again, I don't know that those are the motivations. Maybe I, I you know, I, Jay Thank August you. Richards try to make it not just black people but like uh like lower income people because we go to parties and like we see right like, we the see crowds and like it's not just like black people but I, yeah i, but, I just yeah, I, yeah. I don't think that necessarily works yeah, yeah i wonder how much of that too is the casting department being like you know what we should do is not sex in the city ourselves on this one we'll make the crowd <laughs> like a mix of people but yeah. I, I, I don't know the whole thing feels feels weird and the when gone works, it's because they throw that away and then they treat him like any other character and like yeah. and yes. and so it's it's tough and it also puts a lot of pressure on J. August Richards to be mm-hmm. charismatic and someone we can care about and get all this done in three episodes with the writer's first crack at the character, or like a couple episodes with the writer's first crack at the character. It's just like a lot. But yeah. by the end of Pylea, it's done. And they yes. and it and, it, and the it landing is stuck. So even though they make it explain reconstruction, I <laughs> God. God. I keep forgetting we did that. I keep forgetting we did that. <laughs> when she turns to him and's like, "Gun, I'll throw it to you." I'm like, "Oh my God!" No, right? no, 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 no. <laughs> you know the facts. Why is it his job to teach a fucking lesson about <laughs> race relations in another dimension? Why don't you just sum it up? If there is any scene. In this show of Angel, that would not work. Like, if we had to pick one that would land the least well in 2023, that's it. That's it. it. There we go. Yeah. Also, LOL, Ryan, the sentence of why are you making him explain race relations in a different dimension? Like, (laughs) oh, pop quiz, the queen of these people who you've just met is throwing it to you. Like, it's a lot. It is a lot. And, and I, I think Buffy, both to its enormous detriment and smartly avoided discussing race because it's to the detriment of the show because obviously it's a big giant issue that you left on the table about growing up that is insane that you would just be that myopic. But if you're not up to the task, I think it's better to like stick to what you can nail and then maybe next season bring in writers of color who can write the script. But again, this is the 2000s, and I'm not going to sit here and shit on a show that's done that we right. all love. Um, yeah. But I am trying to say, like, Angus Richards had to nail a hard job. Yeah, yes. thank goodness we've got him, and thank goodness now we bring the right people in to good shows. Yes. yes. You know, from day one. Yeah. 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 Writer's room. Yeah, and, like, I... I am glad we have him. I do feel like maybe they didn't quite ever know fully what to do with him. I think we got there. I think post the Fred stuff and like, especially during season five, I think we find a lane for him and an interesting, like I'm now walking in three different worlds and you're all expecting me to nail everything all the time. That's too much pressure. That's like a great storyline for that character. And like for 
the show. And like, I think that that works. It's just, it's unfortunate that, that the, every single writer had to get to know Gunn personally as a character yeah. and just, like empathize or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like the Kim, to your question, they do, we get that old gang of mine, which is an early season three episode. And then we drop the gang, like, his gang. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what the fucking conclusion is there, but I know it's that like that's sister back and forth. My sister. And like, that's kind of the end of it. Um, yeah. Never hear about that sister again. <laughs> yeah. We really dropped that sister. Um, bye, bye bitch. <laughs> he's like, who? Oh, right. <laughs> she got, she got anti donned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I do think we continue the thing that I think, I noticed the most this season going through it for the podcast is that not only do we continue to develop Cordelia, but I really think they they like start setting the Cordelia angel romance. I can't tell if it's yeah. on purpose or just like, holy shit, these two have such good chemistry together. And once again, I will say, I do think it is mostly charisma carpenter having the charisma. Um, like I feel like her and James Marsters have such good chemistry with everyone. Um, yeah. That we could have paired her with anyone and I probably would have loved it. I, I, If we're being honest, if we're really being honest and I, and this is a safe space, nobody <laughs> fucking come for me, please, please. I don't have a Twitter account. Be nice. <laughs> if we're being honest, the spinoff should have been the Cordelia show. That's yeah. the opposite of Buffy is I'm yes. not the chosen one. I'm still a shallow, self-obsessed, beautiful girl. And I yeah. want to be famous. I don't want to be a normal girl. I want to be exceptional. That's the show. And bring Angel in. Sure. But the show Angel is not... Not as strong a counterpoint, but I get they wanted a male audience and blah, right. blah, blah, but right. it's her show. That has been Zach's like complaint going through it is that like he still like kind of likes the other characters more than Angel. And I actually fully get that, right? Like, yeah, but that's I'm okay. Like, not every yeah. main character is Buffy. Harry right. Potter is not a good character. I mean, right. let's not talk about that, but he's not a good <laughs> character. That's not why you watch those movies because you're like, man, I'm really rooting for this fucking milk toast disfigured boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Buffy is one of the, Buffy and Veronica Mars, I would say, are maybe the two only shows where the main character is my favorite character. Yeah. And that doesn't happen very often. And that's okay. I do think that's fine because a lot of times, they, like, a main character i mean think a lot about like the scream movies right like they do a good job but like in that first movie sydney is like pretty like run-of-the-mill younger teenage like upper class white girl and we develop her but i feel like they try to make the main character more relatable gail gets way more to do and way more dynamic character things to do you can't be polarizing everyone needs to like you and then on top of that you have to have an original fresh take like that has makes you separate from every other stock main character and you have to be charismatic because you're supposed to be a movie star those are like a lot of notes to hit and i don't think david boreanaz doesn't hit them he hits them each individually he he very rarely do all three happen at once whereas sarah michelle geller managed to do that in every episode (laughs) and that's not just david boreanaz's fault he's starting other hit shows like he's up to the task it's just the angel the character wasn't wasn't the strongest tool for those writers to express what they wanted to express. Buffy has the contradictions and the dynamism and the pop culture and like, you know, Angel, not as much Cordelia does too. And I think that, that, that the Angel Cordelia dynamism, that's the heart of the show. Maybe Cordelia couldn't have just been alone, but the, the conflict with 
Angel and Cordelia, where they're coming from, and yet they that they are very similar people trying to go to the same place. That's the fun. It's like a road trip of viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Ryan. I like road trip of viewpoints is very mm, you must be a writer. <laughs> I was thinking about that episode where Angel pretends to be that other vampire when he like meets somebody in a bus station and how we were all saying how like yeah. He that's when he really got to be the character that we want to see where he's like funny jokey instead of this like super kind of like down all the time can't figure shit out like for way too long kind of character that he's been yeah yeah. and so I think that it is the writers holding him back because they're not giving him more of those moments but you know what we got some killer David Boreanaz at karaoke moments that really do set a tone for the entire season because of Andy Hallett and they knew enough to make him a bit silly in the finale. They were yeah. like, let's lighten this up because if we're not going to be able to give Buffy levels of emotional catharsis, let's like be like, hey, remember when that show was fun? It, <laughs> it's not over, but it's going to be less fun. This is your fun show, <laughs> you know? <laughs> they knew to do that even if that, you know, it's not, I don't know. Right. It's not as like delicately balanced, but... I don't know. This season is a lot of fun. And 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 I will say there's a lot of stuff in the middle there that we're not hitting on, but that I think all works. And that is the biggest part of making a Monster of the Week show work is that like you at least every other episode, you have to have a great Monster of the Week story. Yeah. I mean, like for as much as we like critique Angel, I do want like everyone else. We like do love these shows. Like I listener Brandon, who I'm friends with, uh, was like do you guys like the show or is it just like, because it's part it's of Buffy? season one. It's and I was like, one. yeah, this, I mean, and, and it is cause it's part of Buffy for season one. It's a side story. It's like, it's not the main event. And as much as like, I love chaos bleeds. It's like chaos bleeds. We were like, I it's, if you love Buffy, go on in. But right. if you don't, I wouldn't buy a ticket. However, season two is where the fun of it is that it's shedding the things that, were that made it feel like it not 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 just didn't work but didn't stand alone and yeah. starts building legs to literally construct a hotel it can stand alone in as opposed to random apartments or like you know temporary office spaces at WeWorks like it's a little <laughs> more of an institution and that's the fun of this episode this season but the writers themselves are critiquing their first season work so that's what we're doing here is like yeah. we're with them uh, you know we're rooting for this to all come together as a symphony the same way we did Buffy season one. Um, but you know, it's just a little bit harder for those that haven't seen all of Angel before. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't know that. I mean, cause I love Angel. Like I, I loved this when I watched it and I watched it for fun, you know, but going back and rewatching season one and season two, like critically, cause that's what we do, you know, like, of course we're going to point out the parts that are better than others. And yeah. also the parts that are worse than others. <laughs> yeah, we, you know we know what's coming. Whereas some of some people, I think that are like co-hosts on the pod, like don't necessarily yeah know what's coming, and that maybe makes it easier for them to be a little harsher. Question mark. Yeah, I'll say this about Angel. I think I, I've rewatched Buffy more than I've rewatched anything in my entire life. Period. Yeah. End of story. Except for Romeo and Michelle's High School reunion. <laughs> except for that movie because it helps me whenever I cry. I and I'm on estrogen. I <laughs> I have rewatched Buffy compulsively my whole life. I think Angel is a better show for rewatching because you catch a ton of stuff on the second time through that is like planted illusions, little moments that I don't even know if the writers intended, but like that bookend each other or like they're like yeah. poetry, they kind of rhyme. And I think that that makes it a more fun show to watch 
through again, but also in doing that, you're chewing it to bits, right? As opposed to Buffy, which is more like a smooth ride. Like Buffy is more like I, I when I go back to specific episodes, it's because they were event episodes, or I can just kind of like flow from thing to thing and be like, I get why they do that. Oh, they're moving this into place. They're doing, and we can have some critical feedback. Angel is more like there's some darkness, there's some layers, there's chunks in here. Instead of being like, you know, mint chocolate chip for a- another metaphor, it's a little more rocky road. They're throwing, it's an everything bagel. There's a lot of elements at play here and <laughs> ripping apart why they did different things and what works and what doesn't work. It, it, there's more to talk about when you rewatch Angel, in my opinion, because with Buffy, it's just tons of praise. That's true. That's And, that, it, that's and true. it's not knocking it. it. I'm not saying there's parts of Buffy that don't Work, there, there aren't parts of Buffy that don't work. There are parts of Buffy that don't work. They're just less interesting to talk about because you're like, yeah, it got a little sad in season six and seven. You know, whereas <laughs> Angel, it's like, it's like maybe they shouldn't have done a sex trafficking storyline in their funniest season finale, but okay. You know, like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And like, you know, I'm looking over the episode list because I was like, what, what are the other, like, it's weird because there are, it's like the, the two, there's three arcs in this season. It's Darla, and then the like mini arc of reprise and epiphany of like angel coming back into the group, the angel investigations getting back together and then Pylea and the stuff I will say, like, I do think even if I didn't love Pylea, I was hoping I would love it more going through the podcast. It still like is an arc, right? It still like has its story. The stuff in between the arcs is what's like, I think really rough. Like, yeah, that's fair. It, uh, aside from, because I know people would say, well, wait a minute, because there is Disharmony is a delightful episode because delightful. of Mercedes McNabb and Harmony is like a joy to watch on screen. And Are You Now or Have You Ever Been is a really good episode that yeah. I don't happen to love as much as most people do. But the end makes me cry every single fucking time. Then there's like Untouched, which oddly I'm looking is the only episode this season directed by Joss Whedon. And that episode is like Untouched is, is, is rough. Yeah. And, you know, there's, like, the the Gun Cordelia episode, which does feel racist, where she's, like, the white lady protecting the black guy. Um, and, like, it would have been better if they played it straight of, she just had a vision of Gun. Like, okay, sure, because she gets visions, but then at the end of the episode, they defeat the monster, and she says something like, that's not what my vision was about. It's about protecting you. And it's like, oh, come uh, on, just, like, give us one vision. Yeah, and it was, uh, I mean... I feel like you could ignore all that stuff if when while watching that episode, like if you're a white person, probably. <laughs> but or if it's, you're not talking about it for a podcast, I do yeah, think. Yeah, but it's definitely there. You know what yeah. I mean? And so it would be it would it would wouldn't be good to ignore it, regardless of your race. And I do think that's a thing that I've had to come to terms with. And I know some people do like, I mean, both of you have been on this podcast for a very fucking long time, so you both know too. Like, I feel like sometimes, and I get it, like. I have viewed these things differently. I'm sure the two of you have felt that way too. It's like going through the podcast, it just is hard not to like, because we have to think about, oh, what are we going to be talking about? Oh, we're going to be talking about each one of these scenes. And you have to like, and I don't mean this in a condescending way. I just mean like, uh, in a like critique way is different than a just enjoyment way, right? Of viewing something. Yeah. And I think if you haven't, if you haven't done that, that's totally great. Go watch the show. This is a podcast <laughs> picking it apart. <laughs> you want you want you want to just hear hype. Uh, you I think know. it's fair though to like worry. We have done a lot of. Ne- I've been on a, a quite a few negative episodes, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just glad that like season three is coming and 
so many of the episodes this season were pretty great, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yes. And, and I think we'll, while we will critique what happens behind the scenes in season four, a lot of, I mean, there's pieces of what happens on screen that I'm going to have some stuff to weigh in on, but I think dealing with what they dealt with, they, they survived season four because of what they built in season two and what they yeah. like enhanced in season three. Season four can get you to season five because it's so solid from the yeah. like infrastructure here. Yes. And I, I am curious how I will feel about the Jasmine arc going through the podcast. I hope I like it more because I've, I've learned a lot of people do love it. You, you love it, right, Ryan? Or no? Uh, love what season the four? Jasmine arc? Oh, I love the Jasmine arc. Do I wish that that Charisma Carpenter was not wronged? Do I think it was written hastily, or we got suddenly to it hastily? Yes. <laughs> and is there stuff earlier in that season that I think like had with the benefit of hindsight we could have smoothed over? Hundred percent. You want to tell me Gina Torres is not magical and that arc doesn't have <laughs> something cool to say and it didn't blow your mind at the time? You're lying. You're a liar. <laughs> but so like that. Is not my favorite, but I'm hoping I will love it more going through it for the podcast. And I don't, of course, don't love the Connor Cordelia of it all. That's no, bleh. that's that's what I mean with the like yeah. eject, eject, eject. I do agree with you, Ryan. I think like even though all those critiques, I think season four like has in between all that bullshit some really great stuff. Oh my god, and, ripping, like, ripping. Yeah, and like the faith arc is so good. Um, Unreal. I, the and the like fight scenes they like really up their budget in the fight yeah. scenes. Well, because the Buffy was over on UPN and they were like, let's fucking go in four and, and three and four. That's true. They were just like, we have it. <laughs> Season five, they were like, we built puppets, so you're gonna let us do it. What are you gonna fire us? <laughs> Before we get too far away from it, um, and I'm I know we can't predict the future or understand the past, but did anybody ever like the Connor Cordelia stuff? No, I. You know, I are didn't like, people on the internet that are going to be like, how I don't think so. I don't At think the so. time people were saying this isn't what's really happening. There will be some subversion. I can't believe this. And they are right. But at the same time, <laughs> it is what really happened on my screen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just wondering, because I feel like we'll, we'll be forgiven for our, our negative comments for that is what I'm saying. Cause, yes. You know, yes. Everyone's yes. Got those. I will say I didn't hate it as much while watching it. Until, like, later on. Like, I hate it now. I hated it in retrospect, like, even just, like, the year later. Because um, season four of Angel was the first season of Angel where I did start taping every episode in VHS. So I know season four really well. Um, that's maybe the season of Angel I know the best, even though it's not my favorite. But it's because that was the first season I started taping it. So it was like, ooh, this is all I'm going to have left. Buffy's ending this season. I need to make sure I have Angel on tape because like, you know, who knew if DVDs were coming out back then? And I didn't hate it as much until I started rewatching it and I like immediately hated it. Um, and I think I gave Connor a lot of goodwill until about halfway through the season. I did Because, you know. From day one, I was like, <laughs> Angel does not need a magical son. I, Angel with a baby was kind of fun. Magical kid. Dawn works. Great. You really wanted to re-roll the dice? And Vincent Carter <laughs> rocks. Like, great <laughs> actor. Great actor. But I hate his character on Mad Men so much. Like, oh, yeah. So much. So I don't think that helps me. <laughs> thing. I, I was just trying to tell someone, Kim, I who watched Mad Men. I was like, he was on Mad Men, and they were like, who? And I was like, I don't know who he played. I did not watch that show, but <laughs> Pete Campbell, iconically little squirrely monster turd toad. Person. Is he one of the main characters on Mad Men or no? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, he's like he's 
they try to make you kind of like him, but no, he sucks. Like he did like some terrible things that you can never forgive him for. Even if okay. sometimes you're like, oh, maybe I feel, no, wait, I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> yeah. He's like the anti Elizabeth Moss's character because okay. Peggy Olsen is like a person who's fundamentally good and trying to fix the situation she's in and be a good person in it and blah, blah, blah. And he is like, Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't be darkness. No, I'm the eater of darkness. <laughs> in like every season. And Vincent obviously is good at that. Like that was what worked yeah, with yeah. Connor is like you buy that he gives into the dumbest version of ideas. He's like, yeah, I'm a white supremacist for an episode or whatever. You're like, oh, okay. Not that he does that. But like that's the kind of thinking where he's like, right, suddenly yeah. I hate trans women, but now I'm over it. And you buy that from him as an angry young man. Yeah. But yeah. I don't want that character hanging out with Cordelia ever. <laughs> I think I also like when I was watching it, I don't know what I, I do. They explicitly say Connor because I didn't learn Connor was 16 till like much later. Like I, because in the show, if we're tracking ages, like Cordelia is actually only what, like 20 in season four. And while charisma Carpenter, and this is not a rag on her, she looks gorgeous. She doesn't look like a teenager anymore. I but mean, I... here's let's let's be honest. Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't look like right. a teenager in right. season three of Buffy. Right. I don't mean that in a negative way. There's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with looking like a, a <laughs> adult. <laughs> they, they, we weren't in the Degrassi times of like right. we're going to move to a small town in Canada, so we're not going to create child stars. They just <laughs> didn't hire children for stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and so like I think my brain went to like, uh, he's probably like twenty because like I mean Vincent Carthizer does not look. It's like statutory 15. rape either way. And you, right. you put that on TV without commenting on that, which is right. weird. Um, and it's not made easier by the fact that Vincent Carthizer looks like a child and Chris Carpenter looks like uh, the hottest grown lady you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> right. Okay. That's that's the that's the better way to say what I'm saying, right? Because I'm not trying to insult her at all because she's beautiful. No. Um, it, but right, be there's like a difference. Pam Anderson on fucking Baywatch showing up and kissing Xander. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> she's incredibly young and beautiful. Nobody's saying she's not. We're just right. saying this is involved to a level you usually don't reach until post-sorority. <laughs> right. And so I guess, like, my brain was like, well, he looks like he's a teenager, but he's probably 20. And, like, technically she's supposed to be, like, 20. So, sure. And, like, that's what my brain thought. Yeah. Until and they didn't comment on it. I think right? that's what they wanted you to think. Yeah. But if you Google the character on the official Angel website at the time, it's, like, <laughs> 16-year-old Connor. You're like, what? <laughs> what that's how old like buffy was in season one like right weird so like that's and then like i don't know i i would have liked connor if he eventually joined the fold if we dropped the daddy issue bullshit and i get it someone on twitter did say this to me and i was like i get what you're saying um as i did my defense of dawn right because i always defend dawn um she's not my favorite character but i will defend her like teenness Ryan, I feel like you and I have said a million times, like, if you think Dawn is being a brat, like, what were you doing as a teenager? Are you lying to yourself? Like, And who also, was... what what do you want from a teen character? Do you want them to not represent teenagers? You want... Right. Because that's scrappy-doo, and that's way more fucking annoying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and someone was saying, I use that defense of Connor because Connor did grow up in a hell dimension where he was gaslit by this man and, like, was told his father was, like, a murderer and evil his whole life, and of course he would hate him. Of course he would trust this guy that raised him more than this vampire. And I do get that. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Teenagers do the exact opposite. Teenagers are the exact opposite of their parents. Or, That's or, true. Or whoever ra raised them. And they want to believe in 
this mythical parent who left them, even if it is like you've never been told it's a possibility, you start, you, you kids take the opposite opinion. That's part of your brain developing. Like literally <laughs> it is. Pushing against authority is part of like your development as a person psychologically. It's just going to happen. It happens in nature. Like I, I think he would have maybe had an idealized version of Angel in his mind. And that could have been a cool subversion is that Angel while being com- ev- and the opposite of everything he was told still disappoints him is like the cool part of uh, would would be it's the cool part of Connor that he's disappointed in Angel but it would have been even stronger if we didn't see that coming you know mm. like Dawn resents Buffy from day 1 this is a similar thing she's like you're my big annoying sister why don't we have him like idealize him despite everything like i feel like that would have been more fertile but and i th- and i get the critiques of connor but i also think like that's not what we were being given and for what we got it's really satisfying i think the actor's great i yeah. just the cordelia stuff undercuts all of it because n- he's not out of a hell dimension he's just still being tortured like he's being statutory raped he's living through apocalypses like is this world is not better than what he was in that's true you know and and i don't know i i i, I just think with connor also, similarly to I don't want him around Cordelia, he's whiny and so is Angel. <laughs> it's a lot of whiny from the Angel family tree. <laughs> That's also true. But I guess if Darla's your mom, if you don't have like a whiny voice when Darla's your mom and Angel's your dad, if you're not like a little piddling little piss baby sometimes, <laughs> maybe that wasn't realistic. <laughs> you, you gotta be. <laughs> um, I do want to like... I, I guess I, I want to talk a little bit about the Darla and Drusilla arc because Kim, I think you were on for most of those episodes. I was, yeah. Brian, what do you? I I don't. I think you were only on for like one or two of that like actual arc. I'm curious because yeah. I I still love it, but going through it for the podcast, it is so brief, and it's like Drusilla Juliet Landau is fucking fantastic. Um, Ryan, I think about this a lot. You know, Kim and I interviewed Juliet Landau, and Ryan, you said. In one of the last season seven episodes you were on for, I remember they had like Drusilla as the first. And I said something like, oh, but like, why were they doing that? Like, I wish we had real Drusilla, but I guess that's the only way they could bring her. And you were like, yeah, if you get Juliet Lando on set, you're going to use her as much as you can because she's a great actor. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Especially if you're in Angel season two and you're like, we can bring back a couple of the bangers from Buffy to help like yeah. bolster this. And they are like, we got Juliet Lando. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like, yeah, yeah, we did. Because <laughs> <laughs> she is so great. And I feel like she immediately picks up the season. Um, yeah. She right? knows what she knows what to do on a show like this. She yes. is not trying to make this into SVU. She <laughs> is coming in being like the she, there's already bad guys that are grounded. Her job right. <laughs> is to give this a little razzle dazzle, a little fun. And frankly, her character would is like Harley Quinn or the yeah. Joker would not not be having fun. If she's right. crying, she was going to cry whether she got what she wanted or not. She is disconnected <laughs> from Me. what is happening and yet has profound insights on what is happening. That's the fun of it. So like, yes. let's go to the circus. Let's have some like you know, and I think it's similar with Charisma Carpenter. Everyone for whom most of this show works is like ready to ride the whip a yeah. little bit. Yeah. It's when like I think at some point Wesley isn't being given a whip to ride that that gets a little repetitive. But yeah. like Drusilla is a perfect example of like they're only going to give you bangers. They're only going to give you things, scenes to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Darla has a similar thing going on where it's like 
she like Julie Benz knows what she's there to do. She's there to like yeah. smolder. She's there to have like disdain. She's there to be like fractured or like cracked. <laughs> and finding places to go with that is like, I don't know. We could have yeah. done this for 10 seasons. Yes. Yes. That is that is the thing is like that we really and I enjoyed seeing Darla and Drusilla interacting with Wolfram and Hart. Like I really enjoyed that. Um, especially Drusilla, who is an agent of chaos. And like you said, Ryan, they're not trying to ground her in reality. That no, go big, like do the thing. And, you know, when she's in like their fucking law office is petting her doll in her arms, I'm like, this is great. I love this. Yeah, great. <laughs> and there are points at other flashback points and stuff where you can have um the serious groundedness, but who she is today needs to be like a super villain. Like come in like a Spider-Man villain. We were like, I'm themed to ham and just go ham. <laughs> themed to ham. <laughs> I'm Porky. I'm Porky the Porkinator or whatever. <laughs> I will say this too, though. It's a very woman heavy season. And I, I love that. I think yeah. Angel should have, a lot of his issues are about women. Yeah. And I think he should have to like deal with that. I love that. Yes. Yeah, it's almost like Angel has mommy issues, even though it's like, but the mommy is somehow Buffy. I don't know. <laughs> or like <Yeah>. Darla. Steak like... <laughs> mommy and blood mommy. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess like, okay, so, you know, we've talked a lot about the season, but like what were like a handful of your favorite things about the season or like episodes or like beats? Um, Ryan, do you want to go first? Uh, disharmony is my favorite thing of the whole season. Really? Um, yeah, I really love it. I think it's delightful. I did not know that, Ryan. I love that. Um, I would have fucking had you on for that episode if I knew it was that much of a favorite. <laughs> well, we need to put something behind the Patreon paywall. <laughs> okay, deal. Jim? I mean, you know I'm going to say like literally everything involving Drusilla. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I liked, yeah. I really liked like the those villains in this season, I think were good, like when they were good. Yeah. Like I said, like seeing that I was about to call him the mayor because he looks like the fucking mayor in my head, <laughs> you know, they don't look alike at all. But Hollins, like just yeah. like what were the when the villains are good in season two, like they're really good. Yeah. Sharp. And also since I wasn't on for the Pilea arc, just like getting to look at Gru was very nice. Mm-hmm. So hot, right? And something about those contacts adds to it. <laughs> the like puppy right? dog eyes of him. Ugh. And his, ugh. I mean, like, talk, like a chibi. About, talk about like knowing how to act your character. Like that, that is a ridiculous character. Like a right. ludicrous, yeah. ridiculous. And it's just, he's just perfect. And yeah. I would be, I would be Cordy all the way. Like, kicking my friends out of the room to spend, spend time with a, uh, that's why I'm supposed to be mating with. Sure, fine. <laughs> Jim, and then I, I do appreciate sometimes when Cordy's like that, I'm like, oh, but this would be Jim. When she's like, no, 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 I can't do this. Ew, he's gross. And then comes in and she's like, all right, everyone leave. I'm good. <laughs> Commence the mating. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'll do it. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll do it. I, the Drusilla and Darla arc are just like, it's one of my favorite arcs of Angel. I was bummed at how like much of a the last episode is, but I just I love it overall so much. I love Drusilla's entrance in the fucking trial. Like I think that is like such an iconic villain entrance and like the way they light her and the slow motion and like I like you said, Ryan, Juliet Landau, like they know what they're doing with her and they're like, yeah, do your thing. Like <laughs> go big. And she does, and I fucking love it. 
And I love that it's a surprise. They don't ruin it in the credits with like featuring because usually they did. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love it. And I do think this is the most I've ever appreciated Juliet or Julie Benz's acting because she, I didn't appreciate her enough when the show was on, but going for the podcast, I'm like, no, she's fucking great. Yeah. I think people are annoyed by femininity sometimes and she always opts for the feminine take rather than masculinizing anything whereas sarah michelle geller does a lot of masculinizing to like and like as a contrast to her feminine moments which is obviously the character um but darla opts for toxic femininity every fucking time (laughs) every fucking time and so i think people are like she's so vocal for ie or like she's so like everything with her is melodramatic or like it's like I i don't know i don't Listen, I think women can talk in any tone that they want, and I don't call them hysterical. I just live. <laughs> and I mean, to, to that point, like that scene when they go shopping, like perfect. Yes. Perfect. Shopping perfect. Marks. Um, I want to <laughs> add, just because we're talking about this arc, we get a lot of good flashback stuff, which really fills out like not just the angel verse, but the Buffy verse as a whole, like both of them. So yeah. I think this season, and I know yeah. some of them, some of the flashbacks land better than others, but- I love all that stuff. Like I love the the world building and the flashbacks and I, I'm happy that we get a lot of it in this season. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Agreed. All right. What grade do we give the season? All right. I guess. Uh, yeah. I mean, I already said it. What grade do we give the season overall? Uh, Professor Kimberly Ann. Okay. So when I feel like I like something is like fine and like gets the job done and I like don't want the student to be mad at me. Um, because they, they tried and I can tell, but it just wasn't like a material. Like I just can't give them an A. They just like forgot one of the, they forgot their work cited page. I don't know. So, something like that, you know, like okay. they, they made like a big misstep, okay. um, where it wasn't really a full season in the way that I expect it to be a full season that has an arc that makes sense and things are in the order that makes sense. I Anyway, I always give an 86 or an 86.5. I know that's real specific, but that's <laughs> like is. the grade in my head that I'm like, I, I can, I don't like that I'm getting an 86, but I can handle an 86, you know? So I'm going to give it an 86.5. All that's right. That's B or a B plus, depending on where you're going to school. All right. Uh, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, it's a B plus for me because I think it's a good season. Um, And I don't want to give it a B because that feels unfair based on like where they were coming from and like everything. They had a lot going on. And I think it really is a B plus under even the circumstances of like the plot going into the season. Like they made something cool here. Um, But I need gradations on which to put Buffy's best seasons and season five of Angel. And I can't do that if I don't leave myself a lot of wiggle room in the (laughs) A section. So we're going to give it a B plus. Um, Great job, everybody. You know, next year at the Olympics. <laughs> and I think I think I would give a B minus, honestly, to the season. But I don't think B minus is bad, right? B minus isn't bad. That's not a bad grade. No, no. I mean a, a B is like is, uh, okay, if we're gonna we're gonna talk grades for a second here. C is like average, you did the work, you made it happen. Like, I don't know. You, you followed most of the instructions. You shouldn't, like, fail or feel like you're about to fail, right? And B is, like, better than average. Yeah. And yeah. A is, like, excellent. All right. I like that. A is, like, you you landed on both feet solidly, hands in the air. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you both for doing this with me. Thank you all for listening. I am very excited 
we will be doing um, The Magicians season one after this. Um, but those are way shorter seasons. They are, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but like they're like 12 episode seasons, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, could have been <laughs> yeah. five times as long every season. I love could it. Could have gone way longer. Speaking of like casts that are just so enjoyable to watch. But yes, yeah, so we're going to be going into the magician's season one god i'm like looking to see i'm like how many episodes are in this season it's 12 or 13 yeah the first season it's 13 uh, in each of them 13 okay yeah so we're gonna be doing that come february they will be releasing we're gonna try to record them in january um trying to work on some special fun recordings for that um because one of our co-hosts is a star of the show oh my god (laughs) um And uh, yeah, so we're going to be doing that. We're going to take a break in January. The next episode is going to be, there is going to be one more episode and it's going to, for the year, and it's going to be a MCU in review. And then we're going to take a month break. But I'm going to try to put something together that's fun over on YouTube for Buffy's birthday slash my birthday. Not sure it's going to happen, but I hope it will. Um, And then, yeah, we'll be back in February with Magicians and then we'll get to... uh, Angel season three, which I'm very excited about. And, uh, you know, I got to do our Patreon promo. If you want to support us, we are covering Batman the Animated Series. We'll be getting into X-Men the Animated Series. Um, We've been doing a lot of video recordings over at the Patreon. I have watch-alongs and Zoom hangouts and a bunch of other fun stuff. And it is much appreciated. Any and all support. If you want to find us on social media, we are at SlayerFestX98. You can find us on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you want to follow me, I'm at Ian X Carlos. Ryan, where can everyone find you and your things? You can find me uh, on the internet. I'm on Instagram and and the Fediverse Mastodon, if you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> at Ryan Houlihan. If you don't, you're fine. It's not essential. <laughs> Go to youtube.com slash at R-Y-H-O for great content. And as I have been teasing on a few of these episodes, but is actually coming out very soon, there is some Catwoman Batgirl content coming that it, it cannot be missed. And I believe there are multiple Buffy references throughout that video. So stay tuned. Ooh. Kim, where can everyone find you and your things? I'm at Kim and Joe South on pretty much everything. And if not, I don't want you to find me. Um, uh, my email, my email, my website is KimberlyAnnSouthwick.com. You can find me there too. All right, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.